Hey folks, and welcome to Typology, the show in which we explore the mystery of the human personality through the lens of the Enneagram. I'm Anthony Skinner, producer of the show, and we are happy that you've joined us today. We have some great guests on the show, Knox McCoy, who is an Enneagram 5, and Jamie Golden, an Enneagram 7. You would know Knox and Jamie as the co-host of the popular podcast with Knox and Jamie. The Popcast with Knox and Jamie is a nationally ranked weekly pop culture podcast, as they describe as part deep dive and mostly shallow end. Jamie and Knox also launched their newest podcast, The Bible Binge, in February 2018, and seasons one, two, three, and four of The Bible Binge made it into the top 3% of all podcasts. These two are hilarious. They're really, really smart. They're bringing their A-game today, they're self-aware, and they're up on their Enneagram. So you're in for a treat, and this is a great conversation. Hey, before I let you go, I want to remind you that we are on social media at Typology Podcast. That's T-Y-P-O-L-O-G-Y Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, and on Facebook. Hey, that's it for me, Anthony Skinner, and with no further ado, and now... Here is the host of our show, Ian Crow. Knox McCoy, Jamie Golden, welcome to Typology. What an honor. So happy to be here. We're excited to be exposed by our Enneagram numbers. Carve us up. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm so I'm an, I'm new to podcast. I mean, like it's, welcome it's to a, the dysfunction. Mm, well, I mean, it's fantastic. Aww, that's very nice. No, I I was listening it today on the way over. I listened to some of them yesterday, and I was like, "Hey, this is pretty slim." Force <laughs> tell the truth. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. They'll, they'll, you'll be honest with I'm us. I'm married to a force, so I know authenticity. Oh. I'm gonna get it. It's like yeah. it's gonna happen. Yeah. So no, no. If I didn't like it, I would just be sure. Very, I would be very quiet. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't think <laughs> we're really like, an acquired taste. It's kind of a uh, ten seconds. You're in or out. You know, yeah. you're not gonna make yeah, it past that know, if you don't you'll like know. it. You'll know immediately. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell tell me how did podcast get going and like what? Just give me some history on this thing. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Knox, you're a five. Mm-hmm. That's right. Jamie, you're a seven. So we're we are going to be yes talking about a five and a seven working together in a partnership day to day because you're different. Sure, right. Like, but different, like special, right? Like a rainbow. Like a rainbow special. (laughs) Okay, everybody, guess which one's the seven. (laughs) Right. How did it come about? What is it? What? Yeah, just tell folks all about it. So it's an interesting origin story. Um, There, I think we both came out of the uh, blogosphere movement. Um, I was in to blog. I think, you know, blogs were this thing you did because podcasts weren't around yet. And if you wanted to be creative and express yourself on the internet, it was blogs in, you know, 2011, 2012, we both did that. I, um, eventually got into podcasts, um, saw that it could be a good medium. It could be creative. You could do a lot of things with it. Um, and I tried a couple of different iterations in my big end game, which I, I can relate to you on is I want to write a book. I want to build a platform. I want to write a book. Um, and we had crossed paths a couple of different times at a blog conference. Um, and she had, we, we'd done a couple of different podcast episodes together and I thought, I think there's something really funny here. Um, we make fun of people in the same way. We have a lot of fun. I feel like we talk about stupid things in a hopefully smart way. So that's fun. So it was like, let's, let's give this a go. Let's see if we can, you know, make something out of this. And, you know, six years ago, uh, the podcast was born. Okay. And what is it? 
Okay, the podcast uh, we sh- we talk we say it's a, a show about things that entertain but don't matter. So we talk a lot about pop. Say culture. that again for me. Okay. <laughs> things uh, we talk about things that entertain but they don't matter. Okay, okay? perfect. I love yeah. it already. So we want to lean into this doesn't matter, but it's fun, and I think you know nationally, culturally, um, there are some things that aren't great fun to think about. So we offer uh, a respite to uh, not have to think about those things. All right. When the world is a dumpster fire, yeah. we are here for you. Yeah. <laughs> we are we the are trash the perfect, pandas in that dumpster we fire. We are the trash pandas. That's right. Like that are going to go into the dumpster fire with you. That's right. And bring you out and there'll be glitter and candy <laughs> and you can forget about it for an hour. Right. So. Yeah. And you look at topics all around the issue of culture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pop right. culture, movies, TVs, you know, each of our Wednesday episodes is based on a topic. So it might be, we're going to talk about um, dogs and pop culture, just dogs that have been in movies and TV. I know Percy, he was excited. Yeah. My dog, um, he my dog Percy here, he just perked up. <laughs> he respects He's like, oh, I'm a topic I'm <laughs> yeah. interested in. We'll get you some AirPods and you can listen. <laughs> um, but we, we'll we talk about books that have been adapted into movies or any number of things, but we try to do it in a way that's not as much... Um, you know, academic yeah. in a way that's like, who was the best? Is McGruff a good dog? Yeah. Like, is, was he a good crime dog? Yeah. Like, was he? How did he help us? Yes, he was fantastic. Obviously, you know? he was. He wore Obviously. a trench coat. We know he wore that. a trench He's coat. You're an amazing the, dog the if you wear a trench coat. So. <laughs> but I think early on, you know, I, and I don't know about you, Jamie, I didn't have the language of the Enneagram. Um, so it wasn't like strategically like, okay, this could work. And, but I think you can see the, um, I don't know, the evidence of the Enneagram influences at play because, you know, it, we were talking about pop culture, was, which is kind of light and fluffy, which is probably more Jamie's purview. And then I would like to take it in really weird, stupid, serious ways, you know, like theories, conspiracy theories. We did an episode, is Taylor Swift the Antichrist? You know, let's just think about it. Let's just talk about it. I think that's an interesting thing. Scripturally, she might be. <laughs> you, you would be surprised at the scripture. <laughs> Just a heads up. Right? But just, it's like, just, just, just so you know, check your Bibles, guys. <laughs> but it was like, what if we take this dynamic, what if we take this these conflicting worldviews and merge them um, and make them like simpatico? Like, would that be a compelling product? Some right. people would argue probably still not, but we like it. We <laughs> They're not fun. our target demo. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the show is doing fantastically well. So, I mean, hats off. Something's working, right? That's very kind. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So conflicting worldviews. You're a five. Mm-hmm. You're a seven. Yes. Tell me what you mean by conflicting worldviews. I'm curious. Um, well, I, I think the best way we could delineate it is, and we talked about this before, um, if you're like visualizing who we are as people, use the movie Trolls. Jamie's Poppy uh, uh-huh. from the Trolls movie, yes. bubbly, light, sing-songy, uh, optimistic, and I'd be Branch, colorless, drab, <laughs> That's uh, cynical, but in a practical way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. So I think that that's a bit of the characters. That's not necessarily our real life, maybe as much, and we can you know unpack that a little bit. But I'm I think, actually more Princess Unikitty sure, from yeah, Lego, yeah. but that's fine. There's not a good corollary there <laughs> character-wise, though, so we go Trolls. Yeah. But uh, I think uh, that kind of demonstrates what we're talking about. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But a good example is we were at lunch and I asked the table, what are y'all doing this weekend? And you get to Knox and he's like, hmm, 
It's like, why, he, why are you asking me that? Why are you asking? Why do you need to know? <laughs> and I'm all like, this is what I'm going to do at nine o'clock. And that's what I'm going to do at 11 o'clock. And that's what I'm going to do at two o'clock. You know, so it's just a difference in like, I'm very public and open and live my life very much on the internet, on mm. our podcast, all the places. And then for him, he's really obviously holding a lot of that a little closer and a little tighter. Sure. But I, I think it makes him mysterious to our listeners. They're like, hmm, what's his life about? What's <laughs> right. going on there? This is amazing. <laughs> You've made two very different types work together. Sure. Right? Yeah. In some really cool ways. Yeah. I think in the, in our business sense, it's been really helpful um, because I, my introduction to Enneagram was the road back to you. And uh, one of the things that we found, because he was really, like Knox was not interested in personality typing, mm-hmm. which I feel like is not uncommon for fives to be sure. like, why are you trying to label me? Get yeah. out of here. None of your business. I feel like it's simultaneously very pretentious, but very true. You know, it's the, it's the, the great filter thing a five has to get through is to be like, we all think, and if you're a five and you're listening, I know you do that. I cannot be totalized by a number. But well, the very can. fact that you just used the word totalized. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like the second I read the book, I was like, oh my gosh, that's me. That's a hundred percent me. And we've talked about it. A lot of it was like, I, I just, it's not about I'm so great. It can't encapsulate the greatness. It is, I'm very specific and strange. And there's no way that there's a number. Well, hold on a second. You don't strike me as being strange. Okay. What do you mean by that? Oh, just, wait, we're not, we've not been here long enough. Yeah. J- well, Jamie time. could chime in on that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, just like, um, and I think uh, a cliche the, the five deals with is like the introvert weirdo recluse, you know, and I the think the Unabomber is that yeah, kind of that, like, that's a hundred percent the Ted Kaczynski hoodie over the head, sunglasses. <laughs> and like, you don't think that like you take on that, but you don't think it's not that that's like the hyperbolic version of it. You just think that's not a, that's not a good thing. That's not a real thing. So that can't be me. That can't be a number. That can't be a number that somehow validates that. Cause that's not good, you know, but that's just the worst extension of that idea. So that originally I was just like, I'm not, I'm not interested in something telling me a, I'm either weird or B I don't factor into this worldview of numbers. You know what I mean? And I really wanted to know his number because once I had discovered mine and it obviously revealed all my truths, that I didn't want to think about. And once it did that, I was like, well, I want to know like, when are these things that he does that might feel strange to me? When are they personal? When are they not? They're Mm. never personal, by the way. They're they're, there. And it gave us our business partnership suddenly opened up communication. He could read my behavior and go, Oh, she's doing this because of this. Or I could read his and go, Oh, he doesn't want he. And so suddenly we just didn't have arguments because it was like, Oh, this isn't personal ever. Like what he's doing here, him, we moved into an office and originally we were all in the same room and within, like, I would say, I just want to jump in here and say, no, this I, is going to sound worse than it is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Understand so, that. And we have our Percy? COO, our CEO. Yeah. Percy, are you on board? Okay. So CR, our COO, we're all in the same room. And then one day I came in and Knox picked up his monitor off the desk and was walking out the door with it. And I said, Hey, what, where are you going? And he goes, Oh, I, I rented an office, like a separate office. And I was like, you're leaving. And he's like, yeah, I'm just going to be down the hall though. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Like bye. And like left. And I was like, but see, if I didn't know, I might be go, is he mad at me? Does he hate me? Like, it was just like, Oh, well he just needs his own space. He has so many whiteboards and there's not enough wall space in here it's true. for him. That's true. So. I needed more whiteboard. I was for context. I was working on my second book. And there was like, we're, it's the three of us in a room like this. Um, there's so much going on and it's like, I want to listen and participate, 
but to be productive, I have to be away. Did you hear how he be, said that? There's so much going on. There's a lot going That's on. That's me. That's me he's referencing. That is the most diplomatic way I have to explain that. <laughs> but like, it's a recognition. And to that point, I had been educated in the art of the Enneagram. And I thought, I know to do, to like A, to be the uh, person in this business, I have to be, I have to be alone to be good, you know, and that's not a personal thing. Like she said, yeah. it's, it's just a, that's how I function as a person, a, like emotionally, spiritually and professionally. I have to have that. So there, maybe I could have handled it a, a better way. I don't know, but no, <laughs> but I appreciate it. it. You know it makes I mean? a good story. So that's all. Sure. That's it's good content. Yeah. It's good content. It is. Most people just pick up their ball and go home, but yeah. you actually picked up your monitor and found it just a different office, right? That's of solitude. I was like, fortress. which one? Where are you going? Yeah. It's not important. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You're never going to come in here. Don't come in here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so interesting. I um, Have you guys read the book, The Four Agreements? No. My brother-in-law gave it to me. Really? But I, but I haven't read it. Okay. I so, uh, yeah, I mean, I just read, read it. it. I mean, it's, it's an interesting book. Mm. I mean, it's like one of those books, like, I don't know, I've read a bunch of these books in the last couple of years and it's sort of like I have to like go through a lot of fluff and then sure. and then I go okay here are five main points from this yeah. thing and they're actually really really good yeah the yeah. one that I like the most is don't take anything personally mm. yeah don't take anything personally and so this is to your point Jamie that I mean one of the things that the Enneagram does is it gives you the insight to support the idea that it's okay not to take anything personally yeah Yes. Yes. Because I think before that I would have been like these tiny, I would have been like, these are microaggressions. He's mad about something. He's mad about something and he's not telling me and I need to force him to tell me what it is. But now it would have been great if I'd have been like, tell me about your feelings. But we, but I think when we were, we had a conversation with some listeners and in it, I made a joke. And then the next day recently he came and he said, Hey, when you said that joke, was, or were you being serious? It was like a self-deprecating the, joke. Yeah, I made a self-deprecating yeah. joke about how he edits me. And he was like, did you really feel that way? And I went, oh no, is it just a joke? And he was like, okay, I just wanted to check. <laughs> it's that kind of like, let's check in. Let's make sure. Good communication. Mm-hmm. It makes for a good business for sure. And I think in a lot of ways, our, like we were talking about earlier, we got into this not realizing any gram types. And the, the uh, division of labor uh, was very much like, she handles this part and I don't intercede and nor do I have the expertise to, and I handle my part. She doesn't intercede, nor does she has the expertise to do so. So it, it's a lot of like in orbit. So it was, and especially not being in the same place and recording in different locations, it was a lot of us kind of running our own businesses within a larger business, you know? So mm-hmm. moving into an office was the first collision of there's others, like there's small talk, there's, how was your weekend? Because you started you know? this process virtually. You Exactly right. Maybe explain that because you weren't even. That's, yeah. So I lived in Chattanooga, Tennessee uh, for most of my life. Um, she lived in Birmingham. When we started recording, we, so I'd mentioned we had met at a blog conference. Um, and then that was the last time we ever saw each other in real life until. For two years. For two years until yeah. we were preparing for our first live show. Um, and so we met, we saw, so we recorded two years of episodes and then saw each other for the first time again in a parking lot <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> right. well, hello. It's so nice to see you in person. Business partner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but because for so long we would get on Google hangout, record our uh, episodes like that, merge the streams and we never, so it really was just like, um, I don't know, like shared custody of a business and, and it worked pretty well. I, I think it still could work, but I do think, 
uh, to be able to scale like we want to scale and do what we want to do, it pays to be, you know, in person uh, to do that business together. So, you know, there's um, uh, from a from a maybe a business, both a business and a in a relationship context, friendship or, or partnership. Right. The the points of connection for fives and sevens are is pretty rich. Right. You're both in that mental space. Uh-huh. Right. You're both in that uh, fear triad sure. right so what, what? don't talk about the sad <laughs> part <laughs> um y- you guys w- would uh, would meet in a lot of different uh, realms one would be y- you're great at um efficient collaboration mm. right uh you love information right you love uh detail oriented projects mm-hmm. uh with you know very uh clear actionables Mm-hmm. Right, uh, you tend to because you're up in that headspace, um, you trust each other intellectually on, on the level of mm-hmm. the intellect. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, that you um, uh, because you're a five and you're a seven who would, would not like to go to the uh, sort of the darker places. Sure. Right? Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Um, when you all have interesting debates, for example, on your show, I bet you feel kind of safe doing it. Because there, you have boundaries around it. Because you don't, you don't want it to go to a heavy, dark place either. As a five, sure. right? You don't want yes. it to get feelings rising up out of control, right? You have a so nice boundaries get set up. Yes, uh, in, mm-hmm. in for the two of you, and and I, and I can hear it on your show live. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's like you have nice lanes, you and you move nicely between lanes. And and in fact, I was just thinking about this the other day. That's actually a good metaphor as you talk about the Enneagram, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, you're driving down the road, you got your lane, you know, like you're in, and one of the nice things with the Enneagram is it lets you know when you're leaving it. Yes. Mm. Oh, yeah. You know, That's and good. sometimes as you're kind of like bumping off into some other lane, you know right. what I'm saying? And, yeah. and so in relationships, you can watch that dynamic happening um, as well. You, you both love independence. Mm-hmm. You both like um, predictability mm-hmm. actually. And, um, that you're you're very practical people, mm-hmm. and that creates a sense of ease. I think in oh, in relationships, sure, for sure, because yeah. I definitely all of those things are true. Oh my gosh, it's like therapy. I love it. This <laughs> is all those things are true. business therapy. Mm. So because one of the things is when you're doing a podcast, it's every Wednesday. We record on Mondays. We have these discussions. Like we we know the rhythm of our work, but then we also like are like, how could we do this better? Let's evaluate. We love evaluation. We love Mm. looking at data. We love trying to do things that are hard and think, can we do things that are hard? Yes. And cause we're, and it's also nice cause you're doing it with a team. And so, I mean, for me, it's, it's been surprising cause I think I thought, if you had said to me, you can own a business as a seven, I'm like, that's adorable. Who's going <laughs> to run things? Like, I'm just going to have the candy drawer. That's going to be my job. What, sure. But what it's done is it's gone. Oh no, he, that his fiveness has brought out that uh, ambition yeah. and all of that, um, intellect about the business, which has been mm. really nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, um, where you guys can really help each other a lot of the time for fives and sevens is, that your quiet, really laser-like focus as a mm-hmm. five can help ground you as a seven, right? And, um, you know, you're, yeah, you're pretty dogged. You're pretty laser-focused in, right? Mm. And 
You can be distractible as a seven. What, what? are you talking about right <laughs> now? Did you see Percy? Do you see Percy's ear? It's sitting Percy's up. a nine, by yeah. the way, just so you know. He's he's just over here. He's just chill you know, on the chair. That's my distractibility. I'm like, look at his ear. That's oh right. My gosh. That's right. Yeah, all right. And we were actually just moving toward a more sensitive, really, conversation. And you were like, look at the dog. Look at the dog. That's Because <laughs> I didn't like where this was headed. Yeah. But what happens is, is that her enthusiasm... Mm her generosity of spirit her it's very contagious mm-hmm. right and yeah. you as a five need to get some of that mojo going yeah like most specifically uh at our live shows um because you know with a podcast we record no one's watching i edit it so you know it's all this like there's a lot of care that can go into how that eventually sounds and then a live show is like skydiving without a parachute mm. and she can do that she's force of nature hilarious can you know be funny on the spot me that's terrifying because there's no pause button there's no edit so our live shows was the most distinct example of like okay so not only do i need to try to mimic that behavior you know and access like where i go and stress or whatever um but like i have an obligation because if i'm not holding up my end if i'm not being really competent and being really good live then that's going to force her to go to god knows where to compensate for me, you know, to compensate for my weakness here. So it was a big stress, but it was like, it was a necessary, cause it was a good business decision for us, but it was also like, I want to get better. I don't want to, there's always that Unabomber recluse fear. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be like, I want to be the one that's like, maybe he's not a five. Maybe he's like a cool three or something, you know, <laughs> like that's the, that's the number. Like I grew up, my dad, a formative experience or a formative relationship. He was a high achieving three. So I, sometimes I wonder if I'm like, uh, like a cat that got raised with dogs, you know, and thinks he's a dog a little bit, but he's like, you're a cat, but you sometimes act like a dog and like, that's okay. Like right. You can do that. All right. Let's talk about culture, pop culture and personality for a second. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. I mean, I ask this question of people who are sort of in that stream a lot. Why do you think it is at this particular moment in time that the topic of personality is so big in pop culture? That's a great question. We were actually talking about that in the car. We were talking about the uh, Enneagramification of the internet right now, you know, Mm. and is this a trend? Is this a thing that will fizzle out and remain, but you know, are we in a bubble right now? Um, I think it has, I don't, I don't know if it's a generational thing. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't want to scream millennials because I, I think I'm an older millennial, but I think there's something to, um, you are an older, I am. Thank you for that, Jamie. Um, like <laughs> there's the, you know, like I like to identify, I, I am a person. I want to identify myself. Uh, there's an individuality component. And I think that incredibly dovetails with Instagram, with the internet, you know, and I think it's a perfect, like, it doesn't surprise me that the Enneagram has taken off like it has because it's such a great access point for people to be like, that's me. And you can shorthand yourself. You know, there's mm-hmm. a handy shorthand of that's just me. I'm just five, you know, just crazy like that. The, it's the perfect storm of social media, people talking about it on podcasts, on shows, on web series, on YouTube, everywhere. We're having conversations about it and people respond to it because at the truest heart of all of us, we want to be known, right? Yep. We want to be known. And so suddenly when this meme can know us, we're like, I'm sorry. That is me. Yeah. If I were a cat, that's what cat I am. Yeah. How, what is this all about? And I so, am Shrek like that. That's true, that's guys. Right. right. And so I think then people respond to that because it's just our nature to want to understand ourselves, understand, because I always tell people Enneagram is such a relief. Mm. Like in relationships that are hard, I think about 
my parents, I was raised by a two and an eight. And <laughs> I'm always like with the two, like, oh, this is why you always bring me snacks. It's like, <laughs> like, and I like that. And sometimes I don't want you to, but now I'm going to always let you because I know how valuable it is to you. So it just, it built, it made my relationships better with so many people mm-hmm. and work and home and personal, all the things. And so I think now it's just, we feel in many ways disconnected as a culture because we're behind a screen, even if we're FaceTiming or on Marco mm-hmm. Polo or wherever we feel disconnected, but it's like, Oh no, but like I can see, I can now know you even if I'm not with you all the time mm-hmm. because I understand your Enneagram. Yeah. So mm-hmm. wow. that's fantastic. I like what you just said that when you learn your number or perhaps that of another person, right? It's such a relief. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to you? Like, like how was that in your experience? For me, it was, well, one, it was my own relief. Like it was my own relief to go, oh, these aren't things about yourself that you have to change. You just have to hone them, you know, and make them healthy. Like, these are the things about yourself that you just need to, they're not mistakes. They're not um, glitches in the matrix. Mm -hmm. They are who you are and there can be value there. And then with other people like Knox, knowing he's a five, it's a relief because it's like, not only do I now understand how we're interacting, but I now can play to your strengths and let you be the fiveiest five who's ever fived Mm -hmm. in our business and not try to take that from you. So it's like, it's just a relief on all points. And I think it, it, uh, feeds back into the, the, the thinkingness of our numbers of like who you are. That's a piece of data that can be known, that can be understood, that can be quantified. And now I can better understand that and better deal with that. And that's a really, I struggle with mystery. I respect mystery, but I struggle with it, you know, at the same time. So the idea that I can know someone and their motivations, uh, it's not like a, I'm going to weaponize that, but it's like, Oh, okay. I can process this better. You know what I mean? Hmm. Although we do weaponize it with our staff. No comment. I don't have any like comment we, on that. Because we, we tend to hire threes yeah. because they're amazing yeah. right? in the workplace. Right? Like, you like, get more bang for your buck with we really threes. We really do. get a lot of bang for your buck. <laughs> You're in the room with two fours. We, we don't get anything done, but... <laughs> But we do it. Be- but we do it beautifully. But it's beautiful. <laughs> that window you stare out of—it's really nice. Um, the garden. Wistfully. Yeah, you mentioned the garden. That's like, right. The garden yeah. sensitive. Yes. Um, but like our, we do weaponize it with our staff because we just think we sometimes say to like our COO, we'll say, you know, Aaron. Aaron, don't listen to this right is now. This, I know. Yeah, if you're listening, Aaron, pause. But like we say, Aaron. Do you think that's the best you could have done on that video? Do you think you could tighten that up any? And she's like, yes, I can. I can do it better. And so we're like, that's right. We know you can. I don't know. <laughs> I don't endorse that. I don't know what she's talking about. Enneagram manipulation that's is right. what that is. That's yeah. Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's true. You, you, you do gain a level of self-acceptance, I think, and, and self-compassion. But also, you... you your number isn't an excuse right. for continuing on in behaviors that are self-limiting or self-defeating or hurtful to to others, right? Mm-hmm. So, for for you, Jamie, like so, a uh, hallmark feature of of sevens is the need to avoid pain, right? Yes. And fear by escaping into uh, a world of unlimited potential and <laughs> opportunities and pleasure and fun and up in the imagination mm-hmm. and stuff. And of course that can go off the rails. What <laughs> are you saying? Add to cart is not a way to cope with the world. Add to cart. <laughs> How weird of you, Ian. Um, yes. I, my family particularly like after I'd read 
I started really understanding the Enneagram and reading more about it. My family went through a very difficult season. We had a family member who was going through um, addiction and it was just so tough. And I was like suddenly not wanting to take calls from my family because I knew every conversation was going to be difficult and every Mm. encounter would be just filled with tension and, and pain and it would just be hard. And I, but what was great was I would, I would now, I now before I would have just been like, I'm going to go get some Haagen-Dazs and go to Sephora and I'm going to feel better about this whole thing. But now I might still get the Haagen-Dazs and still go to Sephora. <laughs> but now on the way to Sephora, I'm like, let me call your, let me, let me call my mom. Let me mm. call my nephew. Let me call my niece. Let's talk this out. Let me take them with me. Like let's spend time together. You have to be, and I have to, and I have to mentally, I joke with the staff all the time. It's like, sometimes I have, I'm a robot who has to, in my own head go, you must stay seated at this table. <laughs> like you can't leave. Don't go to the bathroom. Like sit in this. It's hard and it's okay that it's hard, but sit in it. And so that's been the practice. It's like the mantra, like sit in this, mm. just stay in it. And even if it's for me, it's painful. Like we've had business disappointments. We've had all kinds of things happen. And it's been like, my, my gut is to move past it and be like, we're just going to move on. Mm. And, and I have to go, no, you have to sit in it. Like you have to sit in it. Mm. And that's where it's been the biggest, you know, element of growth. Whereas I don't know that without this, a therapist had already like documented it, but it was like, this was like, oh, this isn't just a flaw. This is a motivation. And so, okay, like this is a fear. This is a thing you're dealing with. So deal with it. And so it gave language to it that I, I don't even know that my counselor could give to it. Right. It's a fear management system, right? Yes. Anxiety management. But what you just said is so important. And I want every seven and I want every type to hear it, right? Which is like, yeah, you know, your your type, um, your Enneagram type is not uh, uh, an excuse to say, well, this is just how I am. Deal with it, mm-hmm. right? Because what the Enneagram does is it doesn't just describe who you are. It describes who you could be, mm. right? And And so for you, when you say this mantra goes through my head, sit in it, stay with this, right? That is self-awareness coming online. And what you're saying is to be the best expression, the, the, to live into wholeness, I can't continue to run from difficult conversations, uh, looking at issues happening in my family or my friendships that are difficult or feel like, you know, I, they're giving me a rash, you know, you know like a psychological mm-hmm. rash or whatever. It's like, no, I, I, I can now have a growth path. Mm-hmm. Like the Enneagram has prescribed a growth path for me. And it's what it's saying is, you know what? Life is, life is full of suffering. Mm-hmm. And people who try to avoid suffering suffer already. Mm. Yes. Yeah. And what happened when I started doing that is the growth came from going, you know, when you sit in this, you also can bring a little joy to it. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have to, we can sit around the table and talk about hard things and then also break the tension with a joke mm-hmm. and like be like, mm, heroin. What do you do? Mm. (laughs) (laughs) But like, and everybody could be like, okay, life is not just dire. You can bring some joy to this because of your sevenness. Like, and you can use it instead of using your sevenness as a escape route. You could use it as a place to grow some seeds in your own family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Mm. I'll just like, you know, uh, at that point we can use the word, your way of being in the world becomes blessing and benediction. Mm. Mm. You bring blessing where you go. 
but it's not in what you're describing there, I think, is like when you bring joy, it's not in service to self-protection, which I think is not a good thing. Right. Right. That's when it starts. Right. But when it's you bring the gift or the the operating style of your type to the table in service to uh, the 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 whole, the community. Uh, in a way that brings joy and right. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and the right amount. And, you know, not so much <laughs> that it, you know, kind of like wipes out what it's needs to happen. It's never too much, right, Knox? Right? Never, never ever. <laughs> but I just, I just want to say thank you. Cause it just, you're, what you're articulating there so beautifully is, well, this is what this thing is for. Yes. Like, it's not just, okay, this describes me. This is yeah. so fun. Let's yeah. talk about it at a cocktail mm-hmm. party. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, 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 no. You can treat it that way, but you've missed the point if that's how you work with the Enneagram. Yeah. The point of the Enneagram is to is self-knowledge and service to how can I better love the world? How can I put who I am into service mm-hmm. for the betterment and the healing of the world? Mm-hmm. And, and also, how do I grow into a person who's not living as someone in that fear triad out of anxiety and fear and self-protection and you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And how can I use the natural gift for joy I have to bless the world? Mm -hmm. I'm going to get a shirt that says I'm a blessing and benediction. Yeah. Go that I just wear, like, to, you know, like to the yeah, coffee shop. Totally. In case people are wondering. No, yeah. no. Yeah. I am a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> for you as a, as a five, mm-hmm. right? What's your growth path and how did you find it? Oh Lord, I don't know. I, you know, I think there's, I think the biggest thing I've really, uh, wrestled and struggled with is the, the whole energy level thing, you know, the limited reserve of energy. And it's been, that's, that's the one thing. There's a lot of things that I'm like, I really love my Enneagram. I love, you know, I feel like it suits me. So I don't, you know, that predates my understanding. So is it that I loved it or it's just me? So I got to love it. I don't know. But like, it feels true to who I am. Right. But the lack of energy has always been like a shame. Like, it's like, why can't you just think your way out of that? Why can't you, uh, teach yourself to have more energy or, or do better. So, so more energy for relationships. Cause that's typically where the five tends to get, you know, cause you have lots of energy for sure. gathering information yes. and, and for study and for doing, you know, all and for observation, all that stuff. Yeah. But so what I'm hearing you say is the inner resources that relationships tend to deplete you. Yes. A hundred percent. And you know, I've got three kids. Uh, I got my wife, we moved recently and that was, you know, we've, we've lived in Tennessee our whole lives. And that was the biggest, like, uh, magnifying glass on my shortcomings in terms of my ability to, to hold emotions, you know, and not try to fix them and not try to think through them, but just like sit with them and just honor them and just hear them because, you know, my kids, we're, we're uprooted from family and friends. Um, and you know, for my wife, even though we both, we made that decision together, it was hard. And we went into it knowing this is, this affects me the least because I'm moving towards my job, a B, I don't need to have relationships, you know, Mm -hmm. like I have community and I have people I know and love, but, um, the fact that I'm moving away from them, that, that isn't quite the thunderstruck thing for me as it is for these people. So that was where it really highlighted, oh, wow, you're really bad at this. And you got to, you like to be a great father, like I want to be, and to be a great spouse, like I want to be, um, you have to be really good and active and, and, and present in the moment with these people that you love so much, you know, if you want to be that, that force influence in their life. Mm. All right. Well, so let's move a little bit. I want to move back into culture because I'm mm. fascinated with what you do, right? And the whole topic of pop culture. Like, so you guys do a lot with film and television, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Favorite, favorite film? Uh, for you? 
Mary Poppins is my, the original is my favorite film. Interesting. Yeah. Well, right. Come on. A woman with an umbrella. <laughs> yeah. She just shows up. With a purse, you can literally grab anything out anything of. Anything comes yeah. out of the purse. And sugar is the medicine. Mm. How is that not yeah. the best life we could live? Yeah. Yeah. Right. But what's interesting is I think Mary Poppins was a one. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Like, because mm. I go to one, right? Like, in yes. stress. So I see, like, okay, she gets ish done. Mm. Right? <laughs> Gotta like that. Yeah. I like that about her. <laughs> but I also like that there's, like, there are penguins who dance. How is that not a dream come true? Like, we're going to dance with penguins? Mm-hmm. Look at Bert. He's kind of hot. Like, he is. Dick Van Dyke? Come on, y'all. Yeah. Everybody agree? Good. No, okay. okay. I was going to say. You're... <laughs> and that accent that's not an accent. Exactly. <laughs> but like, it's right. like, I don't know. You could twim- chimney sweep me anytime. How you doing? I'm sorry. Did it go dark? Yeah. Did you say Welcome chimney the... sweep me anytime? No. Move on. Move on. Don't linger. No I'm eye sorry, contact. Just... Don't linger. I'm used to being, I'm used to being, I'm used to being bleeped when yeah. I say things like that. I'm so sorry. No, no. We yeah. don't bleep around here. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. I see him. Know your in. editor. Know your editor. You're all in, and and yeah. you're showing up here is actually a signing of some kind of waiver. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna you know, lock that release in the drawer, man. Right. She's not taking that out. That's too good. What's your, all right? So for a five, what's like? I would say The Godfather for me. Really? Yeah. Why? Wow. You know, it's uh, it's strategic. It's family oriented. It's about relationships, but it's about like honor you know, leave the gun, take the cannoli, very practical advice, you know, stuff like that. You know what I mean? I think I, I've, I, I saw that at a young age. Leave the gun, <laughs> take the cannoli. Right? Leave, yeah. the, leave the murder weapon, take the sweet thing. Like you got to do that. This is quite the double feature. <laughs> I know. Okay. So I love the Godfather. Sure. I mean, that's like the film, right? Royalty. Yeah. Right. Almost. It's not even almost a film. It's more like an opera. Yeah. I mean, it's got this operatic kind of a, a quality. So, I just yesterday listened to Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History. Okay. And there's a whole episode that deals, uh, a big portion of it deals with The Godfather. I don't think I've heard that one. Oh my gosh, it was fantastic. I gotta check it. Because Michael Corleone, like that character, I've been so fascinated with, like, is, was he a good man? Is he, is he honoring his family by turning? At what point does he have that, like where he turns into a bad guy? You know, like, is he justified? How complicated is he? All that stuff, I really, that's just my favorite. What number was Michael Corleone, do you think? Well, any character I like, I try to shoehorn them into a five. Right, so, that's called projection. Okay, that's, <laughs> yeah. I'm a really good projector. Um, I don't know. I could see a one. I could see a three. I could see a three. Mm. I think a three. Mm. Yeah. yeah, man, he's a complicated dude. I think though. if you were in the five families in New York, that's an achievement. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, that kind of speaks to this idea, too, that I think people tend to believe that threes all want to be investment bank CEOs. Mm. And actually, it's all context. Mm. If you're in a mob family, you just want to be the Don. Mm. If you're in uh, a family of, uh, I don't know, um, academics, you want to go to Harvard. If sure. you, you, you know, in other words, yeah. it's... it's it's all it's all about milieu. It's not about you know they they gravitate toward yeah super high paying jobs right. or, you know in in the public spe- you know because our Aaron our CEO is a three and I think she's never said this but I think we always fear that she's going to usurp us in some way you know yeah we made her, the contract we made her sign was like non compete clause one year like. You can't leave us and go do this for somebody else. Because she would do it. She would be amazing at she's it. She's great. She's and so she's good. She's so talented and yeah. gifted. But we're like, 
are you are you okay? Do you like us? Do you still like us? You're not going anywhere, right? Okay, good. Okay, TV shows, Netflix, uh-huh. TV. What what are you into right now? And I want to like, what's exciting you? What are you seeing that you're digging? So I just finished Fleabag season two, which is a BBC show, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who showrunner for Killing Eve, also a fantastic show. I love it because she breaks the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. She talks to the audience. She looks at the, she like has a knowing glance. And sometimes that can be a trope that's overused. She does it just the In right the amount. most interesting way you've yeah. ever seen. Ever. There's it's a so hot great. priest. Mm-hmm. I, th- I see a pattern here, don't you? Yeah. Um, there's I'm a hot priest. People yeah. <laughs> that. That's fair. Yeah. You understand then. Yes, totally. Um, wow, that's so creative mm-hmm. and a TV component. So uh, Fleabag is really good because it's short and sweet. Dairy Girls, also a fantastic... Okay, well, here's the problem with Dairy Girls, though. I cannot understand a word Listen, that's saying. what your closed captioning is for. Yeah. Where have I been? I know. that's It's the key. <laughs> Anything that's tough like that and where people are speaking really fast with an Irish accent... You always have to turn on that closed captioning. And then you're like, oh, now I understand. Mm. You're fantastic. I don't care if these actresses, some of them are in their 30s. I'm okay <laughs> with it. I believe that you're 15. 30-year-olds playing 15-year-olds. Yes, a, one of them right? is 32 playing like a 15-year-old. I don't and, like But that. I believe her. I believe that she's Claire. Yeah. So it's a fantastic show that obviously, I, I just love teenage shows that are smart. It like takes us back to the OC, mm-hmm. right? Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Uh, I'm watching, I'm finishing up Yellowstone right now. I really enjoy it. You're finishing up what? Yellowstone. Oh. It's on the Paramount Network. It's very difficult to find uh, for some reason. But Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner's in it. Uh, but I'm I'm really anticipating The Righteous Gemstones. It's coming out on HBO. Uh, it's Danny McBride, and he is a member of a religious, uh, uh, super famous family. And it's going to talk about, um, you know, some of these televangelists and some of the more nefarious elements of uh Christian on Christians on TV. So I'm really excited about it. Mm. How about music? Do you guys do a lot with music? We talk about it yeah. some, you know, we are so cheap. We won't pay for licensing for it to be on our show. Sure. <laughs> like, <it's, laughs> so we would, we would do it more. Um, yeah. I am, I have a, like, I'm either, I want to listen to Kendrick Lamar mm-hmm. or I want to listen to Penny and Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Like the, it's the like singer songwriter harmonies, like what a dream or I want to rage against them. Some, some machine. I don't mm-hmm. care what machine it is. So that's where I land. Yeah. I, uh, I like Frank ocean. I listen right now. I'm listening to a lot of, uh, Andrew bird and I always listen to explosions in the sky. That's mm-hmm. like my, my wheelhouse right there. Wow. All mm-hmm. right. Good. I'm, I'm learning a lot today, man. I got new <laughs> TV shows. I got oh, new artists. There you go. <laughs> what do you think is like, uh, the ultimate five film? Oh man, I gotta think about that for a second. That's because you're a five. Let's sure, go to the seven. Sure. I know. I like, Ultimate like, seven film and it can't be Mary Poppins. It feels like it has to you have to feel good. Everything works out. Listen, I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna get pushed back, but I think Ever After with Drew Barrymore, which was the retelling of Cinderella, is she's facing pain and she just never loses her optimism even when, and then that's why she meets Leonardo da Vinci. Mm. Listen, that's what happens. If you keep your optimism, you're going to meet a famous inventor slash artist. Right. Nobody believes in Drew Barrymore. Drew Barrymore doesn't believe in Drew Barrymore. Like Jamie believes in Drew Barrymore. I I swear to you one time she told me, she said Drew Barrymore is a better actor than Tom Hanks, and she meant it. I mean, she that. Meant it. I stand by that. She stands I stand by, by that. It. She it's is insane. a gifted artist that has not had the right avenues to the yeah. Oscars she deserves. I, and you said that in a straight face. Good for you. Thank That's you. good. That was good. 
I think the ultimate five, uh, I've half thought this, so maybe, maybe not. Inception. Oh, you know, I like the diving into the psyche and what that's like the, the way you can do that, the troubles you can get in, the dangers of that, but also the necessity of some people to do that. Yeah, because that's a pretty cerebral film. Oh, big time, big time. Right? Yeah. That's one of those films you go, you watch it, and you have to watch it so carefully because if you miss 10 seconds of it, yeah. you're, you're done. Like, why are they on the ceiling? What, you, <laughs> what happened here? What did I miss? What happened? Yeah. What did I miss? <laughs> what did I miss? What did he just say? We're so oh, hardy. I'm totally yeah. screwed. I got to stay around for the next showing because I missed <laughs> what he said on that one frame. Right. I missed it. Right, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, guys, this has been... Like a tremendous gift today. What what a joy. And it's, it's so fun to have a five and a seven, a man and a woman who work together in the same room just talking about this dynamic. So what what would you tell anybody if it was in a work relationship, in a friendship? What is it for fives and sevens that people should know? Ooh. You're speaking to fives and sevens out there like what? Individually what, what, or yeah, in What advice would you give? a business partnership between a five and a seven mm-hmm. or even friends who are fives and sevens. Cause apparently you're both. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say for people, if you know a seven, like don't assume that the, uh, that the still waters do run deep. They don't like there's, there is white water underneath there. Like there's stuff that they're struggling with. There are things that they're challenged by, but they're trying to keep the water still because that's just more fun. Like let's have a good time. And I think that's what's been great about my friends who will push me and say, is everything really okay? I'll be like, yes, everything's fine. You know? And it's, and even business, it's like, how do we really feel about this? Mm. And I'm like, it'll be great. Everything will work out. And they're like, do you really think that? No, (laughs) I'm nervous that this is going to happen or whatever. And this will be the outcome. So I think pushing sometimes your seven friends, um, to, and to know that they can be intellectual and they can be like, there's there. I think people well, you always, used the t- word trope about 15 minutes ago. Noted. Cause I do think people think sevens are just like, Oh, there's such a good time, but mm, they don't understand math. I know math. Yeah. Like, you he know, knows math better than I do I way know, better than right? I do. Yeah. So I think just expecting more of your sevens, mm-hmm. like expecting more, expecting them to share mm-hmm. more, push them in that arena and then expecting that, listen, they can be really, they can go deep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, you know, for a five, just branching off of that, I think, uh, the cliche is like, I don't, the five doesn't want me to bother them. They don't want me to reach out to them. I think in a lot of ways you do us such a gift when you gracefully reach out and invite us in, you know? And I think it might have the effect of like shining a light on like a stray cat, you know, like we might be a little squirrely at first, but there's nothing we love more because the idea of us inviting ourselves into your life is really hard and difficult. And I think for me, like I really want to do that, but I lack the competency to be able to like, Hey, what's going on? Let's be friends. You know? So when you do that, I think like, know that you can do that. No, we really actually, the cliche is we don't like that, but we really do enjoy that. I think. Mm. That's really, well, actually, as you were saying that for some reason, I felt kind of moved by what, what <laughs> you were saying that, that, um, the word competencies, you know, like to all of us lack certain competencies, mm-hmm. right? And when people can see past them and, uh, and in some ways make up for our, our lack of a competency, that, that's literally what it means, I think, to reach out yes. uh, toward the other. You know, I'd like my, my wife and I, we met, you know, we were friends when we were in high school, before high school, but we were high school sweethearts. She's a four. I'm a five wing four, but that four part was very underdeveloped and not 
recognized, you know, part of it is because I'm a guy and, you know, the emotions I like, I, I felt like I couldn't, or I should be ashamed of it. And then part of it was the five parts, like, don't listen to your feelings. Like you can't trust right. those. It's crazy, you yeah. know? And, and her being a four really teased that out and really accessed that for me and, and taught me what I, you know, that it's, it's not that you can't trust feelings, just that's a different way to think through something. And that's okay too, you know? And like that, I think, and to the larger point of like, don't be afraid to ask a five, like to hang out. Like, I think we love that. It's a, it's a difficult hurdle initially, but we love that because not only do we get to learn more, but like it helps us out of our, you know, whatever, our Unabomber shed that sometimes we build for ourselves. Mm. Wow. Great. So tell people how they can learn about what you're doing. Tell them about books. Tell them about the podcast. Tell them about all your socials. <laughs> Let's leave them big. <laughs> um, so we are, we're the podcast with Knox and Jamie. You can find us at knoxandjamie.com. We also have a podcast called the Bible binge where we, cause one of our really our I'm going to say our spiritual gifts mm-hmm. is recapping the bachelor and bachelorette franchise. Yes. And so we decided, how can we take that to the Holy scriptures? Yes. And so we recap the Bible as if it is a movie or a TV show. We have a Bible scholar who comes on, does a general rebuke. We have seasons. We're uh, about to start our seventh season. Um, and it's a way for us to kind of, it's a great way to introduce people to the Bible who may not be interested in yeah. the Bible. Or if you're intimidated, like I think, I don't so know. Anthony, I that would be good for you. <laughs> Anthony, <laughs> I think there's something really intimidating about talking about the Bible. And we're like, what if we can have a conversation? We're not intimidating because we're not smart enough to be intimidating. We have a Bible scholar who can be intimidating, but she, uh, puts a, uh, holy, uh, sheen on it, you know, by making sure we're speaking appropriately. Uh, and not um, uh, sacrilegiously, but I think it it allows people an access point to be like, oh, like I want to learn about that, but I was a little scared because I don't have a degree in seminary, you know. But we do cast all the Bible characters with Hollywood actors. That's and right, actresses. we do. Really, we do. Example, we, please. Example, please. Moses uh, was played by Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. We cast Ooh, Brad Pitt. Judah. Really? Yeah. Judah. Will Smith. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So we take it very seriously. We do take it very seriously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can find us all on all those socials. And then uh, I, you can buy my, I wrote a book last year called The Wondering Years. You can buy it anywhere books are sold. It's about how I found God through pop culture um, and my journey of like understanding my faith from a little kid to, to an adult. So Wonderful. Mm. Well, guys, thank you for, for being on Typology. Thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. You brought the joy. <laughs> <laughs> you brought the energy we needed today. <laughs> Percy was happy to meet you. <laughs> He's, I mean, but he's a nine, right? He's, yeah. Is he the best studio dog you've ever? He's the best studio. Dog. There's no competition. It makes me want yeah. to not support a pet apocalypse. There you go. I like now might want to get a dog. Did yeah. you just say a pet apocalypse? Yeah. Listen, I just don't like things that leave hair and pee on my mm-hmm. on pee on me. I'm just that babies or dogs. As such, she's advocated a pet genocide. It's fine. It's no fine. middle ground. No middle but ground. But Percy. Yeah. Making me think another. Bringing way. it back. Bringing it back. <laughs> Wow. Fantastic. Hey, everybody. Typology Tribe, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to today's episode. We were so glad to have you. Do us a favor. If you enjoyed it, hop on over to uh, wherever you get your podcast over there at Apple, wherever you get it, and leave a review telling people how much you love typology right anthony that's right how's that how's your record doing man you dropped last pretty recently what yeah it's doing well climbing up there getting a lot of spins spotify and itunes and the name of it is tall angel side a featuring three new songs by the great anthony skinner oh you're kind 
All right, everybody. Remember the words of the great Oscar Wilde. Be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. <laughs>